Good morning, everyone. Today is October 10th, and it is 8 in the morning. Mm, first sip. That tastes good. I'm going to go out front here to the sunny side. It's chilly this morning, but the sun is out, so get back. Make sure that Jackson doesn't try to bolt as I'm going out the door here. Now, he can wait for me to get done with the podcast, I feel. There we go. We don't need any cat wrangling today. <laughs> also, I'm, I'm really not being mean. It's because it's really, it's only 39 this morning, so I know he's not going to want to stay out here all that long. So, thank you all for a great release day yesterday. The book is doing great. Uh, I appreciate all of you buying it and talking it up. Um, hopefully we could keep that going a bit. But, um, yeah, it's it's been terrific and I really appreciate all the love. I saw a lot of very nice comments about it. And because I knew I wasn't going to get any writing done yesterday, I decided to take myself off, and I did go see The Wife at the movie theater. Um, and it was lovely because I went to Violet Crown, which I've mentioned before, but I ordered a pizza and a glass of wine and sat in my chair with my feet up on the ottoman and happily ate my pizza and drank my wine and immersed myself in the movie. And you guys, it was so good. It was so freaking good. I'm still kind of reeling from it. I I really want all writers to go see this movie. And I think that... I think anyone else would appreciate it, but I think writers in particular would really get this movie... Um, and Glenn Close was extraordinary. She was, she delivered the best performance. I really hope she gets best actress for it. I hate to invest in that so much because she probably won't because I want it. I think I've got the microphone up a little high today. What do you think? There, move it down some. Looked like I was kind of blasting the sound levels there. And that's a little bit better. Sorry about that. I was hurting your ears. Your tender ears. So, yeah, she was... Um, I'm not sure I can talk about the movie without spoiling it. Um, I got the comment yesterday. Um, and I'm sorry, I can't think of your name. I, I'm, I'm thinking of your screen name. But anyway, uh, that spoiler probably goes back to at least as long as, as Empire Strikes Back to the 80s and so forth. So maybe Gen X did create it. Uh, but yeah, the whole spoilering thing. Um, there is a twist to the wife. And I knew it going in because I read the book. 
and and I think it's one of those twists that make it better to know going in. Um, the movie hints at it fairly soon. Um, I'm not sure how soon someone who is not, um, I don't know, who is completely unaware would figure it out. But anyway, I'm going to totally spoiler this twist because I don't feel I can, can talk about why this movie is so good without discussing this twist. So what I would, so I'm going to tell you, if you don't want to know the twist, um, go ahead and tap out now. And I promise not to talk about anything else interesting. Let's see, what else? I'm trying to think what else I have to say. I'm just going to get back to work today on Harlan and Ursula's story that's coming along. So I'm going to dive back in and spend an intense few days finishing that. Cover reveal tomorrow for Seasons of Sorcery. I need to write up a little blurb line for mine. Um, Keep talking up arrows. I appreciate that. And so now... If you don't want to hear the twist about the wife, uh, go ahead and go. And thank you for listening. Sorry if uh, t- sorry to betray the whole spoiler thing. So, and I hope you have a wonderful day, and I will talk to you tomorrow without spoilers. Okay, bye. Okay, so everyone who's still here, this is how the movie goes. And, this, and the movie was very faithful to the book. Uh, so... It starts out with Glenn Close and her husband, uh, who is the author, Joseph Castleman, uh, getting a, there's this great big bit of marital stuff at the beginning, Uh, but then they're clearly waiting for the phone call, and he gets the phone call that he has been awarded the Nobel Prize for Literature. And, of course, they celebrate, and they're so excited, and all of this. And they they have the big party, and he thanks her at the party and says, you know, all of the usual things about, you know, how uh, she's created this life for him where it enabled him to be the writer that he is. And and it's, it's... The book is deftly done and I highly recommend the book and the movie follows in the same deft ways where it shows um, all of the countless little things that she does to kind of maintain him to you know keeping track of his glasses and you know basically keeping track of his entire life and making everything pleasant for him and it's something that I think uh, certainly a lot of women will recognize it's a very uh you know, maintenance kind of relationship. And it takes place in 1992. So then they go to Stockholm to go accept the Nobel Prize. And it's very atmospheric and dense and gorgeous. In fact, when I walked out of the movie theater, I was kind of shocked that it wasn't um, eternal dark and snowing. (laughs) Go some doggies by. So, (laughs) morning. (laughs) They're sniffing at the recycle bin. It's recycle day today. 
<laughs> the one dog is really staring at me. It's funny. So, you know, all of this um, wonderful, you know, Stockholm at Christmas time uh, atmosphere, beautifully done. I guess most of it was filmed in Glasgow, but uh, really, really beautifully done. I imagine Sweden was expensive. <laughs> anyway. So, and then they start flashing back, and they start flashing back to how uh, Glenn Close's character, Joan, uh, was his student. And she's at Smith College and learning to be a writer, and she shows so much promise, and it's the 50s. And this woman writer comes to uh, read, an alum, and... Joseph Castleman, her professor, introduces young and lovely Joan, who is played by Glenn Close's daughter, which is really cool, and she did a, a beautiful job. And so here she is, this you know, lovely young 18, 19, 20-something, and she, the her professor, her beautiful, dashing professor, uh, introduces her and says, oh, you know, Joan is a writer of such promise, and the older woman writer says, um, don't do it. Don't be a writer. And Joan is, of course, very taken aback by this. And the older woman writer says, nobody wants to read women. The reviewers will not review you. The men will not read you. And if the men won't admit you to the circles, you can never get anywhere. Uh, and she says something else. Uh, because Joan says, but I have to write. It's my life. I, I'm not anything if I don't write. And the older woman writer looks at her sympathetically and she says, um, a writer is nothing unless she's read, which I tend to agree with. So at any rate, you may be intuiting the twist now, which I feel like is not a huge twist, but it, it is somewhat secret, uh, and only revealed slowly that Joseph Castleman is not a very good writer. And he leaves his wife and child, and he's shacking up with beautiful young Joan, and they're in New York, and they have no money. And she hears of an opportunity. She's work, clearly working at a publishing house and pouring coffee for the men as they talk about uh, and they make some disparaging comments about how females write too soft and what they really want is a young Jewish writer that all the other publishing houses have young Jewish writers and she says I think I know of someone and she rushes home and tells Joseph and he works on his book and his book is simply not good enough and you know and she reads it and she says I can fix it for you. And so thus it begins, it turns out that she has been writing all of these books all along, that Joseph Castleman is actually her. And it's, um, it's extraordinarily well done because you understand the reasons that she's done it. And it's part of how Glenn Close does such an amazing job of portraying it, because as they're standing around at the you know the Nobel parties and receptions and people are talking to Joseph you know and saying how brilliant his books are and how he's the greatest writer of his generation and all of these ways that his books have moved him he she's listening and 
Her eyes are just sparkling with pride. And you can tell that she's really happy, that this has made her really, really happy over the years because her books have been read and they have been admired. And she has, her books have won the freaking Nobel Prize. And she is, you know, over the moon. But at the same time, everyone keeps talking to him. And it's not, and it's his name on the medal. And and you can see her anger building. The anger and the meltdown that has been 35 years in the making. Uh, and when the meltdown comes, I knew it was coming because I'd read the book. Uh, and it's just so fantastically portrayed. Uh, you know, my stomach actually sank and I was cringing in my seat. And it was, um, I don't know if I can explain what a great job Glenn Close did with it because, you know, she had so much fierce intelligence in her eyes and in her face and she was so contained and there's a point at which um, the biographer, played by Christian Slater, who, by the way, I think was not a character in the book, but I think it was a good screenwriting choice to make, uh, that he kind of takes the place of internal monologue because he's been researching Joseph's career, and he starts suggesting that maybe uh, Joan is the actual writer of the books. And so it comes out partly that way. He um, he asks her who she confides in, and doesn't she want to confide in someone? And she says no, that she never confides in anyone. And he realizes in that moment that this is absolutely true, that she has kept this to herself for all of these years, that she has kept this inside and contained, and in some ways a secret even from Joseph. Because he's got enough ego that in some ways he's kidded himself that he has a greater role than he does. And and when they finally do talk, it's clearly something that they never actually discuss. And, the, and, and a lot of the brilliance of the story and the movie is showing this what what it's like being married to someone for a very long time like that. And they do love each other, and they have adult children, and they have a grandchild who's born, and you could see all the ways that they have had a good life and that they are affectionate with each other and love each other. Um, and one of the ways that they create that is that they never discuss this thing about the writing. And when they finally do talk about it openly... He says something along the lines of that they are partners, that they are collaborators. And, and she says to him, you edit the books. That, that's all. And he's completely taken aback by that. And, and you can see all the ways in which he has sort of bought into his own press. And, and she's enabled that to happen. So... It, it brought up all sorts of very interesting thoughts for me about why write, what is the purpose of writing, um, 
you know, because there is that great line where she said it doesn't, the one writer says it doesn't matter uh, if you write if you're not read. And I do believe, you know, that being read is is critical. Uh, you know, and it's like how many how many readers count? You know, there are people who are like, oh, well, I need so many sales and I need so much money and I need so many readers and I need so many four-star and five-star reviews and so forth. You know, and all of those are external metrics. If you want to write, then you write and you make that, you know, maybe it doesn't matter if your name is on it because what matters is the act of writing and what you produce. Uh, but then you have to be aware of what price you're paying in yourself for that, right? And I think that's what she ultimately comes up against is that she finally uh, can't stand the way he's treated her and the way that the way that it's taken a toll on him is well done too and the ways that he has responded to it. I mean, we've always known from the very beginning that he screws around with his students, right? She was his student and he screwed around with her and things like that. Alas, don't change. That might be somewhat spoilery as well, but it's, um, I don't know, almost so cliche as not to be spoilery. So anyway, that is my review of The Wife. Um, it's a terribly done review in that I completely spoiled the whole story and told you what it was about. And all of you uh, reviewer types out there uh, who do so much better than I do uh, at talking about why you love books without spoiling them. I'm, I'm amused by some of the reviews on The Arrows of the Heart where people talk about, oh, and the ending was so great and all of these things that happened, but I can't tell you because it'll spoil it. <laughs> and I totally sympathize with you. I don't know how you all do it. I admire you, especially since uh, it's a labor of love, right? Something else that maybe you don't even put your real name on. You do it because you want to share this this passion and this joy in something, right? Uh, it's a very interesting way of looking at life. You know, not the external metrics for why we do things, but the internal ones. So, I won't talk about much else since I promised the people who tapped out that I wouldn't. Uh, but, uh, I'm glad I got to talk about The Wife with you all. I've asked a couple of my friends who write to... uh, I was raving about it to them on chat last night, and I'm hoping that they'll go see it so that we can discuss. There are things about it I want to discuss. And, um, yeah. Vote Vote for Glenn Close for Best Actress, if only we could, right? So, all right. Well, I hope you all have a wonderful Wednesday. The week is marching along apace. And I will talk to you all again tomorrow. Have a lovely day and have a cup of coffee on me. Take care. Bye-bye.